You are listening to 2 plus 3 equals 6 with Tom and Jenna. I'm so glad it's come to this. Life has brought you here. <laughs> you're looking at your phone. What are you buying? Well, I didn't know if you were practicing stuff. No, we are practicing right now. Well, are you going to hit pause? Nope. Or... Oh, we're just doing it? Yeah, I'm recording so then I can relearn how to edit. Relearn. Is that even a thing? Well, it is because what I am observing is that we are relearning how to talk. You know, we just started this thing. Then put an indefinite pause on it. Yeah. Because of life and a lot's happened. Some things have happened. Yeah. But we don't forget. We never forget. (laughs) We always come back. Remember that. so cheesy. We always come back. We just come back in in weird intervals of time, but we promise weekly shows, but then we take seven months off. We went on a trip. In relationships, it's important to learn how to be consistent with all things. And just like we learn how to be consistent... In our love for each other. Oh, God. We also learn how to be consistent in the podcast. So we're working on it, okay? We did go on a trip. We went to Florida in the summer. So let's let's back up, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Here's the deal. Here's one thing we've gotten a lot better at. Um, I have personally been studying a lot of Jay Shetty's stuff. Um, every, you know, he's the author of Think Like a Monk, has his um, On Purpose podcast where he uses knowledge of how he lived, you know, as a monk and all the research he's done about human psychology to interview people and teach them how to live their best lives. And Tom is the one who introduced me to him. So, you know, a lot of how this podcast used to be is just us finding ways to escape from the children. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. When you have six children, you never really escape them, even when they're not there. They're there in your mind. Yeah, we really can't get away from them, even if we have like a, a rare night alone with each other we'll have like date nights we've had we've had date nights throughout this uh six month hiatus that we've been on but but yeah no they they never they never leave our minds we try not to talk we try to make a rule to don't bring up you know let's not bring up the kids let's not bring up responsibilities and our schedules and what have you but we always end up somehow bringing them up even if it is something positive mm-hmm. you know even if yeah. it is something like oh i like when he does this he got really excited when he saw grandma you know whatever it might be we still somehow bring up the kids so we've learned that we can't escape them mm-hmm. um but so also we maybe we don't want them. to well, maybe yeah. maybe we don't yeah. actually maybe we don't want to escape them um and we're currently on a date night morning after yeah it was a fun situation night. It was a fun night uh, we went except, go ahead well except for reptile we watched that justin timberlake movie and it uh it sucked i don't recommend yeah that. A waste of time a lot of questions not answered um and our time is precious but i guess before we talk about our date night let's talk a little bit about the not escaping them because yeah. the thing about having kids is that you know we we still want to be good parents mm-hmm. um we still want them to feel loved <laughs> you know like take care of them yeah. like do the human thing and take care of them and which we not... do which we do which they're we fed do. clothes activities yeah, yeah but we, we we realized this escapist mindset wasn't serving us and so we we tried to get better at well we've talked about moments before but we've talked about getting better at moments with the kids and there's a bunch of stuff that we could go over 
So maybe, maybe what we'll do is we'll give some options and eventually when we get to a point, we could hear about more what mm. people want to hear about. But the, the good news is things are going well. Um, they, they really are. And mm-hmm. yeah. instead of trying to escape the kids, we've tried to find ways that we can still enjoy our lives with them here and just to include them more, you know, so it, in it's our joy. been in our joy and in our responsibilities. The good news is like, for example, the three-year-old's still young. He, he likes to do the dishes because instead mm-hmm. of like just shoving them downstairs and watching a movie while I ran around doing do the, the dishes, dishes. Yeah. I, he's, he's a very animated person. So I made it a thing. Want to do the dishes with mommy? Okay, you do the silverware, and he loves matching the silverware mm-hmm. and really likes to do the dishes. But the other thing about kids when you have so many is they all crave attention. So if you include them on even a chore and they get that one-on-one time with you, mm-hmm. they're a lot more jazzed about it. And so doing chores with the kids has helped. It's not all magical. Sometimes trying to get them do, to do things is a pain in the ass. No, it's still but... a living nightmare to yeah. to to get help. And, and I want to point out that it's not like we didn't have joy uh, with our kids prior to this. I'm going to just call it six-month hiatus at this point. It's not like we didn't, but we were we were beginning with this blending process to, I feel, and, and I think there's still some remnants of it, but we were... We were feeling overwhelmed by schedules, kids, emotions, needs, and um, but then also trying to find time for each other. And although we still struggle sometimes in, in some of those areas, we've just kind of found with with recent events and just with the, the time off that that we're also learning, we have to give ourselves credit. We're taking on this big responsibility. And now we're just trying to learn how to how to seize those moments, ask the kids for help with it because we're all in this together. And we're just starting to we're starting to and we're to me, we're still in the beginning stages of in, of learning how to enjoy those moments with the kids and with each other together. Because I think prior to to this recording, or at least our last recording, we we probably we're more focused on when do Jenna and I get time together. Yeah. And what are we missing out of out of out of that? There was a lot of bitterness for the way yeah. our lives worked out of just yep. a why couldn't I have met you when I was twenty years old? Yeah. And you know, part of you know, I bring up Jay Shetty and his whole monk thing is because there's a lot to be learned from that. It's about learning to and it really it's gonna sound cheesy, but it's actually not when you put it into practice embracing what you have and not running so fast that you don't see what you actually have mm-hmm. and appreciating the every the everyday things even if it's just how your soap smells or how warm your shower feels or sitting outside in the sun with the kids and just enjoying that or asking them how their day is and actually focusing on the conversation. So it's something where it's been extremely freeing because when you're in a situation like this, you have to learn new ways of taking care of yourself. And so Mm -hmm. what Tom was saying about getting overwhelmed, it's like, it's easy to get overwhelmed when you have this many schedules to to figure out. But what we've been working on a lot is focusing on one thing at a time, if we can, and appreciating the 
the moments that we have. And it, and it, it doesn't have to be this big, overwhelming, toxic positivity thing. It's just genuinely just taking a step back and saying, okay, instead of shoving the three-year-old downstairs to watch a movie so I can get the dishes done while also cooking dinner, while also feeding the one-year-old, because our love child is over a year old now. And yeah, we've dubbed him the love child now. He is, yes. Yeah. And our home is his nesting grounds. <laughs> yeah, we we call him we call him Sweeber. That's his little nickname because he's sweet, you know. And these are these are the Sweeber nesting grounds, um, and and they're fun. But it's just a matter of of okay. Instead of doing these twenty things at once, I'm gonna just invite the kid slow down, not mm. rush through these dishes, and joke around with them. Watch how much pride he takes in lining up each fork or whatever it is, and something we realized last night is we actually are getting more efficient with our time. It's odd, like slowing down actually helps us to be more efficient. And something that's been really nice that we've done for us too. So it's these small little things of just, if you have a big family or even if you don't, it makes a big difference. Even if you have one or two kids, the one-on-one is huge and there's more times to sneak in the one-on-ones than you might, than you might might realize. realize. Yeah. Um, you know, even over the summer, there were a couple of days where I was home with all six, inviting one of them to help me prepare a picnic lunch to help me get the sandwiches ready. And they they loved that. And it's an opportunity to, to talk. And so for each other, though, because we were always just looking forward to the next our next vacation night. or next, next date, date night. night. And that gets pretty miserable because then you find you hate everything else. And sometimes if you put this thing on a, on a pedestal, then you feel all this pressure of like, okay, we finally have this night. What do we, we gotta, we gotta make it special. And then you end up feeling more pressure than anything else. Cause it's like, yeah. shit, we're finally here. What the hell do we do? I don't know. So well, and time is still on a pedestal. It's it still is. it's still very much important to us and it's not like we've mastered any of this at all cuz we've had a pretty rough last 6 months, last 7 months, you know, since we last recorded. Like it's it's been a it's been rough. It's been rewarding, but there's been a lot of rough times. There's been a lot of successes and that's another thing that we're we're trying to well, what, do you, what do you mean by rough well what i mean by rough is that we've we've had some fights you know yeah we've had some arguments we've had some uh some moments of of i wouldn't say wanting to give up but feeling like feeling like giving up you know feeling like okay this is just the way it is you know and and we're trying to make it better but this this thing isn't working and then we stayed consistent with it and it started to work you know but within within this time period it, it we we've also learned uh, celebrating some successes of well hold on time. let's pause oh, it's, it's hard go. to talk about but i think we should in case people are experiencing that like what you know what things made what things made it feel like giving up was the only option what it wasn't up? ever an option it mm-hmm. wasn't giving up wasn't an option but giving up on the idea that you could have more at least for me was because time was on a pedestal and it still remains on a pedestal, but it's just a different kind of priority. Now, now it's enjoying that time and not just looking forward to that time. But there were, there were times where it was like, okay, this is, I get, I mean, I've said this to some, you know, to some people kind of in a joking manner where it's like, Hey, I get a 15 minute window with my wife every day, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And that's, 
that's from the minute that we crawl into bed and we're talking, you know, quietly or, or whatever before we both pass out. And that's something that, that I look forward to. And that, that was it. There was, at least for me, times where if we were arguing or if there was, you know, just a, a hectic ass schedule that night where I didn't get that 15 minutes where I would just kind of like mentally kind of feel like, okay, well, I didn't get that. And, um, I guess this is just the way it's going to be. So I, maybe not giving up, but also just like accepting it that you're not always going to get that time. Well, and part of it too, is that what gets in the way of the time is we, we wouldn't have, if one of us was frustrated with something, we wouldn't have the adequate time and space to, to calmly talk it out. And when I say something, when I say frustrated with something, it can be anything, right? Like in a family, you, you know how it is. Anything can spark a fight, right? Especially when it comes to parenting, like how someone handled a particular decision or a miscommunication about a schedule or, you know, um, or just a human emotion, just, just whatever it is, a bad day, a bad day. And we're talking about it on the fly, you know, and getting upset and misunderstanding. Getting interrupted. And, and getting interrupted by kids. And that's yep. the other thing, too, is trying to find the space to talk while also feeling like we're not shutting the kids down. But it's it's something where, um, you know, there's just a lot to manage. A lot of kids, a lot of emotions, a lot of schedules, and then managing ourselves. And yeah. something that has helped significantly at least for me, you can, you can share, you know, what's helped you and you kind of already have, but so in those moments where it's like you, you, it gets really tense because it's like, you just, you do feel overwhelmed, but something that's helped me a lot is yes. Reading Jay Shetty's books, think like a monk, um, and listening to his on purpose podcast is he interviews a lot of it's kind of like free therapy because he interviews <laughs> like he interviews neuroscientists. He interviews yeah. people who are the best in their field. He interviews therapists who are the best in their field, but also celebrities, you know, like Macklemore and Will Smith and all these people who are successful. So you get this wide range of of that. And it's something I can listen to on the way to work. And, you know, something I can read, like think of like a monk is set up where you can read little snippets before like here and there and, and take away things. But it teaches you, it teaches you, like gives you practical steps about how to enjoy your life, whatever your circumstances are. And it actually works, simple, manageable steps. And these podcast interviews also teach you a little bit how your your brain works. You mm-hmm. know, they, they, they remind us that, that our minds are an actual organ in our bodies that require care. And so it, it helps you understand things like, of course, our fuses would be shorter because we we weren't sleeping. We both have our own, our own separate sleep issues. Yeah, and a baby that struggled with sleep, and a child with a medical concern that we'd have to get up with. And so, another thing that helped is just being more patient with ourselves and understanding this might be a physi- physiological thing, um, not necessarily you know? an emotional and, thing. And I slowly have gotten better at recognizing if my fuse is short, like if I'm getting easily offended by something, then I try to look back at, well, what's the time of day? What's going on? Did sleep happen? Okay. And I've been getting, and if it didn't getting better at, at stepping away. So I highly yeah. recommend Jay Shetty. Well, yes, Jay Shetty, but also it it 
it it takes time like anything it's not like overnight you just get better but it's like slowly over the last six months I've been making different choices here and there to take better care of myself even things like you know I don't I don't drink anymore not that I ever drank a lot but Mm -hmm. um alcohol did not work well with my brain I would get very emotional and very upset and then the next day really depressed I I wasn't myself and you think oh you know it's so normalized that it's like oh it was just a bad night you know I'll drink too much but it's like no I'm actually fucking up my brain so this isn't like shaming anybody who drinks or saying oh don't drink anymore but for me that made a big difference because alcohol just didn't work with my brain it would make me very sensitive and then depressed the next day and stopping has helped me to enjoy my weekend I don't have to wake up you know like feeling like feeling shit. gross yeah um and then just you know same things of like learning to slow down a little bit and just not feel like I have to do 10 chores at once to pick one and maybe involve a kid in it and maybe just slow down or if I'm cooking instead of rushing through dinner to get it done just focusing on cooking just focusing on how much I and I like to cook that's part of it but focusing yeah, no, on that helps the joy I find in seasoning things and finding mixes that work and, and whatever it might be. But, um, you know, they're, they're small, they're small things, but they, they make a big difference. And one other thing I wanted to add before I'll, I'll stop talking. It's been, it's been a minute. I know, I know enough about myself I'm to just, know that I'm I, just... I dominate the conversation. I'm sorry, Do but you? well, yes, we Do both we? know that we both know that. Yeah. But, um, time other small things like it's been easier easier for us to do now that the baby is sleeping a little bit better but um, it helps your first thought of the day and your last thought of the day and the first thing you do in the day and the last thing you do actually kind of that that's another thing I've learned from Jay Shetty set the tone for for your day so now instead of waking up and thinking about immediately my first thought oh shit I have so much I have to do I don't want to go to work I don't want to do this I tell myself it's going to be a beautiful day. And then I tell myself things I need to hear, like I am worthy mm-hmm. of love and commitment. Because one of the things that would drive a wedge between my relationship with Tom is my fear that he was going to leave me, that I wasn't good enough for him to want to stay in all my moods or whatever it is. So I tell myself every day, I am worthy of love and commitment. Um, I am going to have a beautiful day. I'm going to find the person who needs me and the person who I need today. I'm going to cross paths with them. We're going to help each other. And by that, I mean, it's just whoever you work with, you know, just I kind of put out into the universe who needs me today. Who do I need? And no matter what you're doing, doesn't matter what your job is or where you go, you'll find that you're more open to something real, to being connected with somebody who who makes you feel like whatever you're doing is worthwhile. Now, that being said, it it might sound cheesy, but like it makes a big difference when you tell yourself those things. It changes the way your mind works. And then before I go to bed to speak to Tom's thing about like not recognizing what we're doing well or our successes, I think about the things that went well, either at work or with the kids or with Tom. Like I think about whatever that is, whether it's I heard one of my stepdaughters make a joke like I would have made, you know, and that yeah. made me so happy because she's learning from me. And of course, you're going to love it whenever anybody picks up your sense of humor or 
Tom tells me he's I'm his best friend before bed. I'll replay him saying that in my brain and and replay what it felt like when he kissed me when he said that or put his fingers in my hair, you know, whatever it is. And I tell myself that before I go to sleep. And then it helps me focus more on those things instead of on how overwhelmed we feel. And whatever it might be for you that helps you when you wake up or when you go to bed, you know, when you wake up, tell yourself it's going to be a good day before you go to bed. Force your brain to focus on what went well. Because there's some resistance. Brains are kind of programmed to go to the negative. No, they want to hate you. Your brain right. wants to attack <laughs> you. No, your, your brain naturally wants to distort reality a little bit. I mean, if you think about it, your brain kind of assumes the worst as its first function, as its first response to something. Um, and that can be a comment made by a coworker, friend, partner, whatever, if they, uh, I, don't, I can't even think of an example, but if they um, give you even just a compliment, your, your brain naturally just wants to pick apart that compliment as to why they said it or is there a negative connotation to it. There's not a positive response to it. Um, and, and that's what we're kind of learning is that you, you can retrain your brain not to hate you. Yeah. Not saying that your brain just naturally hates you, but I'm just it. Well, the, the brain has the power to make you happy at any time, and it chooses not to because we, we kind of allow it a little bit. Well, to, it's defense mechanisms, yeah, right? Like yep. both of us have been in bad relationships before with yep. both romantic partners, but also people and people. your brain thinks it's protecting you by being defensive that's what it is it's like if i focus on the negative then i already know what's bad so no one can hurt me when mm -hmm. they inevitably do inevitably do something bad and so but it's hard not to be defensive over over something that you might uh, first assume that it's a slight or mm -hmm. a or a or an attack um and it's not just about to me it's not just about well, is that person having a bad day and everything they say is just coming off a little more bitey? It's, it's not always thinking about the other person's you know feelings when they say it. It immediately becomes that defense mechanism, that wall. But then you're done once that wall goes up, though. Not, not you in particular. I'm just saying people are done once that defense comes into play. And I think we've been working on... We and and you admittedly have worked on it a, a lot more than I have and have and have progressed more than I have too. But we have been working on trying not to be defensive over an eye roll or a um, uh, a look on a face, a reaction, or even just you know um, you know a, the other person having a bad day and. And, and saying something not off color, but just saying something that hurts our feelings. We've been working on it not to go into that defense mode as much. And but it's... part of that is the education, though, that we've been doing, though. Like, you mm -hmm. you know, we've both been act actively researching into the psychology mm -hmm. and, and facing trauma and um, dealing with it, too, and being honest about it and talking about it and being vulnerable with each other. Um, about the things that, that have hurt us in the past, hurt us currently, and that what could hurt us even in the future, too. We've been talking about it more. So there's been a lot of a lot more feelings conversation lately and less hiding our, our issues 
kind of brought them to the forefront a little bit, which has been hard to face too. It's been very hard to face, you know, your own monsters, if you will, you know, but, but we've done it. It's, we've seen some success. It has sucked at times. There's been days where it's really tough and, um, like, some fun stuff that's happened in the last six, seven, six, seven months is like my anxiety attacks are back. Well, you know, but that was for a particular right. reason, but they're back. We're not. Yeah, they're back though, but we're also facing them and talking about them and, mm-hmm. and it's putting some ease to do some of the panic attacks, you know? Um, yeah, it's been interesting seven months, but I think the the biggest takeaway with it is is probably recognizing those successes that we've had because we we've started something new, we've tried it, we've seen some success with it, and we got a lot of good things that are on the horizon though too. Yeah, and before we get into that, I want to add that when you are sometimes if you've been a single parent or you've even just on your own and then you're in a relationship with someone. Sometimes you don't know what defense mechanisms you've developed because you've just been yeah. doing it by yourself and kind of hiding from things. And something that's helped a lot when we get into arguments is reminding myself, because when you get defensive, you you perceive a threat, right? This person's trying to hurt me or this person is, it's a threat, is, is reminding myself when we're in arguments that, the defensive reactions that I have don't serve me anymore. Like we just had an argument earlier this week and in my head, I I was very defensive. I was very angry. Um, And I had to sit there and tell myself, like be patient with myself. Like, okay, I'm defensive because I think that by putting up a wall, I'll be able to just push him back and protect what I need to protect. But then I also thought, but it's like, does that defense mechanism actually help me right now? Is that going to help me, sure, with success in my relationship? But also, is that what my family really needs? Do my kids need this defense? Do I need this defense? And the answer is no. What we need is to learn together and to experience that closeness and harmony together and to learn how to do this life together that's that's what we actually need and so i told myself this defense mechanism is not helping you anymore put the walls down you know that he wants to help you too and it's it's okay just just focus on learning and working through it so basically whenever you're ready i'm ready okay looking at your phone what are you buying well i don't know if you're practicing still no we are practicing right now well are you gonna hit pause nope oh we're just doing it yeah i'm recording so then i can relearn how to edit relearn is that even a thing well it is because what i am observing is that we are relearning how to talk you know we just started this thing then put an indefinite pause on it. Yeah. Because of life and a lot's happened. Some things have happened. Yeah. 
but we don't forget. We never forget. God. We always come back. Remember That's that. so cheesy. We always come back. We just come back in, in weird intervals of time, but we promise weekly shows, but then we take seven months off. We went on a trip. In relationships, it's important to learn how to be consistent with all things. And just like we learn how to be consistent... In our love for each other. Oh, God. We also learn how to be consistent in the podcast. So we're working on it, okay? We did go on a trip. We went to Florida in the summer. So let's let's back up, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Here's the deal. Here's one thing we've gotten a lot better at. Um, I have personally been studying a lot of Jay Shetty's stuff. Um, every, you know, he's the author of Think Like a Monk, has his um, On Purpose podcast where he uses knowledge of how he lived, you know, as a monk and all the research he's done about human psychology to interview people and teach them how to live their best lives. And Tom is the one who introduced me to him. So, you know, a lot of how this podcast used to be is just us finding ways to escape from the children. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. When you have six children, you never really escape them, even when they're not there. They're there in your mind. Yeah, we really can't get away from them, even if we have like a, a rare night alone with each other we'll have like date nights we've had we've had date nights throughout this uh six month hiatus that we've been on but but yeah no they they never they never leave our minds we try not to talk we try to make a rule too. don't bring up you know let's not bring up the kids let's not bring up responsibilities and our schedules and what have you but we always end up somehow bringing them up even if it is something positive mm-hmm. you know even if yeah. it is something like oh i like when he does this he got really excited when he saw grandma you know whatever it might be we still somehow bring up the kids so we've learned that we can't escape them mm-hmm. um but so also we maybe we don't want them. to well, maybe yeah. maybe we don't yeah. actually maybe we don't want to escape them um and we're currently on a date night morning after yeah it was a fun situation night. It was a fun night uh, we went. Except, go ahead. Well, except for Reptile, we watched that Justin Timberlake movie, and it uh, it sucked. I don't recommend. Yeah, that. waste of time. A lot of questions not answered, um, and our time is precious. But I guess before we talk about our date night, let's talk a little bit about the not escaping them. Because yeah. the thing about having kids is that you know we we still want to be good parents. Mm-hmm. Um, we still want them to feel loved (laughs) you know like take care of them (laughs) like do the human thing and take care of them and which we do which we do which we do clothes activities yeah Yeah, but we 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 realized this escapist mindset wasn't serving us and so we we tried to get better at well we've talked about moments before but we've talked about getting better at moments with the kids and there's a bunch of stuff that we could go over so maybe maybe what we'll do is we'll give some options and Eventually, when we get to a point, we could hear about more what mm. people want to hear about. But the the good news is things are going well. Um, they they really are. And mm-hmm. yeah. instead of trying to escape the kids, we've tried to find ways that we can still enjoy our lives with them here, and just to include them more. You know, so it's, in our it's joy. been in our joy and in our responsibilities. The good news is, like for example, the three year old's still young. He, he likes to do the dishes because instead mm-hmm. of like just shoving them downstairs and watching a movie while I ran around doing do the, the dishes, dishes. Yeah. I, he's, he's a very animated person. So I made it a thing. Want to do the dishes with mommy? Okay, you do the silverware. And he loves matching the silverware mm-hmm. and really likes to do the dishes. But 
The other thing about kids when you have so many is they all crave attention. So if you include them on even a chore and they get that one-on-one time with you, Mm -hmm. they're a lot more jazzed about it. And so doing chores with the kids has helped. It's not all magical. Sometimes trying to get them do, to do things is a pain in the no, ass. No, it's still but... a living nightmare to yeah. to to get help. And and I want to point out that it's not like we didn't have joy uh, with our kids prior to this. I'm going to just call it six month hiatus at this point. It's not like we didn't, but we were we were beginning with this blending process. To I feel and and I think there's still some remnants of it, but we were. We were feeling overwhelmed by schedules, kids, emotions, needs, and um, but then also trying to find time for each other. And although we still struggle sometimes in, in some of those areas, we've just kind of found with with recent events and just with the the time off that that we're also learning. We have to give ourselves credit. We're taking on this big responsibility. And now we're just trying to learn how to how to seize those moments, ask the kids for help with it because we're all in this together. And we're just starting to we're starting to and we're to me, we're still in the beginning stages of of learning how to enjoy those moments with the kids and with each other together. Because I think prior to to this recording, or at least our last recording, we we probably we're more focused on when do Jenna and I get time together. Yeah. And what are we missing out of out of out of that? There was a lot of bitterness for the way yeah. our lives worked out of just yep. a why couldn't I have met you when I was twenty years old? Yeah. And you know, part of you know, I bring up Jay Shetty and his whole monk thing is because there's a lot to be learned from that. It's about learning to and it really it's gonna sound cheesy, but it's actually not when you put it into practice embracing what you have and not running so fast that you don't see what you actually have Mm -hmm. and appreciating the every the everyday things even if it's just how your soap smells or how warm your shower feels or sitting outside in the sun with the kids and just enjoying that or asking them how their day is and actually focusing on the conversation. So it's something where it's been extremely freeing because when you're in a situation like this, you have to learn new ways of taking care of yourself. And so Mm -hmm. what Tom was saying about getting overwhelmed, it's like, it's easy to get overwhelmed when you have this many schedules to to figure out. But what we've been working on a lot is focusing on one thing at a time, if we can, and appreciating the the moments that we have and it and it it doesn't have to be this big overwhelming toxic positivity thing it's just genuinely just taking a step back and saying okay instead of shoving the three-year-old downstairs to watch a movie so i can get the dishes done while also cooking dinner while also feeding the one-year-old because our love child is over a year old now and we've dubbed him the love child now he is yes and our home is his nesting grounds yeah. yeah, we we call him we call him Sweeber. That's his little nickname because he's sweet, you know. And these are these are the Sweeber nesting grounds, um, and and they're fun. But it's just a matter of of okay. Instead of doing these twenty things at once, I'm gonna just invite the kid slow down, not mm. rush through these dishes, and joke around with them. Watch how much pride he takes in lining up each fork or whatever it is, and 
something we realized last night is we actually are getting more efficient with our time. It's odd, like slowing down actually helps us to be more efficient. And something that's been really nice that we've done for us too. So it's these small little things of just, if you have a big family or even if you don't, it makes a big difference. Even if you have one or two kids, the one-on-one is huge and there's more times to sneak in the one-on-ones than you might, than you might might realize. realize. Yeah. Um, you know, even over the summer, there were a couple days where I was home with all six, inviting one of them to help me prepare a picnic lunch to help me get the sandwiches ready. And they they loved that. And it's an opportunity to, to talk. And so for each other, though, because we were always just looking forward to the next our next vacation night. or next, next date, date night. night. And that gets pretty miserable because then you find you hate everything else. And sometimes if you put this thing on a, on a pedestal, then you feel all this pressure of like, okay, we finally have this night. What do we, we got to, we got to make it special. And then you end up feeling more pressure than anything else. Cause it's like, yeah. shit, we're finally here. What the hell do we do? I don't know. So, well, and time is still on a pedestal. It's it still is. it's still very much important to us, and it's not like we've mastered any of this at all because we've had a pretty rough last six months, last seven months. You know, since we last recorded, like it's it's been a it's been rough. It's been rewarding, but there's been a lot of rough times. There's been a lot of successes, and that's another thing that we're we're trying to well, wait what do you mean by rough well what i mean by rough is that we've we've had some fights you know yeah we've had some arguments we've had some uh some moments of of i wouldn't say wanting to give up but feeling like feeling like giving up you know feeling like okay this is just the way it is you know and and we're trying to make it better but this this thing isn't working and then we stayed consistent with it and it started to work you know but within within this time period it, it we we've also learned uh, celebrating some successes of well hold on time. let's pause oh, it's, it's hard go. to talk about but i think we should in case people are experiencing that like what you know what things made what things made it feel like giving up was the only option what it wasn't up? ever an option it mm-hmm. wasn't giving up wasn't an option but giving up on the idea that you could have more at least for me was because time was on a pedestal and it still remains on a pedestal, but it's just a different kind of priority. Now, now it's enjoying that time and not just looking forward to that time. But there were, there were times where it was like, okay, this is, I get, I mean, I've said this to some, you know, to some people kind of in a joking manner where it's like, Hey, I get a 15 minute window with my wife every day, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And that's, that's from the minute that we, crawl into bed and we're talking, you know, quietly or, or whatever before we both pass out. And that's something that, that I look forward to. And that, that was it. There was, at least for me, times where if we were arguing or if there was, you know, just a, a hectic ass schedule that night where I didn't get that 15 minutes where I would just kind of like mentally kind of feel like, okay, well, I didn't get that. And, um, I guess this is just the way it's going to be. So I, maybe not giving up, but also just like accepting it that you're not always going to get that time. Well, and part of it too, is that what gets in the way of the time is we, we wouldn't have, if one of us was frustrated with something, we wouldn't have the adequate time and space to, to 
calmly talk it out. And when I That's say something, yeah. when I say frustrated with something, it can be anything, right? Like in a family, you, you know how it is. Anything can spark a fight, right? Especially when it comes to parenting, like how someone handled a particular decision or a miscommunication about a schedule or, you know, um, or just a, a human maybe, emotion, just, just whatever it is, a bad day, a bad day. And we're talking about it on the fly, you know, and getting upset and misunderstanding, getting and, interrupted and getting interrupted by kids. And that's yep. the other thing too, is trying to find the space to talk while also feeling like we're not shutting the kids down. But it's, it's something where, um, you know, there's just a lot to manage a lot of kids, a lot of emotions, a lot of schedules, and then managing ourselves and something that has helped significantly at least for me you can you can share if you know what's helped you and you kind of already have but so in those moments where it's like you you it gets really tense because it's like you just you do feel overwhelmed but something that's helped me a lot is yes reading jay shetty's books think like a monk um and listening to his on purpose podcast is he interviews a lot of it's kind of like free therapy because he interviews <laughs> like he interviews neuroscientists. He interviews yeah. people who are the best in their field. He interviews therapists who are the best in their field, but also celebrities, you know, like Macklemore and Will Smith and all these people who are successful. So you get this wide range of of that. And it's something I can listen to on the way to work. And, you know, something I can read, like think of like a monk is set up where you can read little snippets before like here and there and, and take away things. But it teaches you, it teaches you, like gives you practical steps about how to enjoy your life, whatever your circumstances are. And it actually works, simple, manageable steps. And these podcast interviews also teach you a little bit how your your brain works. You mm-hmm. know, they, they, they remind us that, that our minds are an actual organ in our bodies that require care. And so it, it helps you understand things like, of course, our fuses would be shorter because we we weren't sleeping. We both have our our own separate sleep issues. Yeah, and a baby that struggled with sleep, and a child with a medical concern that we'd have to get up with. And so, another thing that helped is just being more patient with ourselves and understanding this might be a physi- physiological thing, um, not necessarily you know? an emotional and, thing. And I slowly have gotten better at recognizing if my fuse is short, like if I'm getting easily offended by something, then I try to look back at, well, what's the time of day? What's going on? Did sleep happen? Okay. And I've been getting, and if it didn't getting better at, at stepping away. So I highly yeah. recommend Jay you Shetty. Know, well, yes, Jay Shetty, but also it. It, it it takes time like anything. It's not like overnight you just get better, but it's like slowly over the last six months, I've been making different choices here and there to take better care of myself. Even things like, you know, I don't, I don't drink anymore. Not that I ever drank a lot, but mm-hmm. um, alcohol did not work well with my brain. I would get very emotional and very upset. And then the next day, really depressed I I wasn't myself and you think oh you know it's so normalized that it's like oh it was just a bad night you know I'll drink too much but it's like no I'm actually fucking up my brain so this isn't like shaming anybody who drinks or saying oh don't drink anymore but for me that made a big difference because alcohol just didn't work with my brain it would make me very sensitive and then depressed the next day and stopping has helped me to enjoy my weekend I don't have to wake up 
you know, like feeling like feeling shit. gross. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, same things of like learning to slow down a little bit and just not feel like I have to do 10 chores at once to pick one and maybe involve a kid in it and maybe just slow down. Or if I'm cooking, instead of rushing through dinner to get it done, just focusing on cooking, just focusing on how much I, and I like to cook, that's part of it, but focusing on the joy I find in seasoning things and finding mixes that work and and whatever it might be. But, um, you know, they're they're small, they're small things, but they, they make a big difference. And one other thing I wanted to add before I'll I'll stop talking. It's been it's been a minute. I know I know enough about myself I, I'm to just, know that I'm I, just, I dominate the conversation. I'm sorry, do but you? well, yes, we do both you? know that. We both know that. Yeah. But, um, time. Other small things. Like it's been easier <laughs> easier for us to do now that the baby is sleeping a little bit better but um, it helps your first thought of the day and your last thought of the day and the first thing you do in the day and the last thing you do actually kind of that that's another thing i've learned from jay shetty set the tone for for your day so now instead of waking up and thinking about immediately my first thought oh shit i have so much i have to do i don't want to go to work i don't want to do this i tell myself it's going to be a beautiful day And then I tell myself things I need to hear, like I am worthy Mm -hmm. of love and commitment. Because one of the things that would drive a wedge between my relationship with Tom is my fear that he was going to leave me, that I wasn't good enough for him to want to stay in all my moods or whatever it is. So I tell myself every day, I am worthy of love and commitment. Um, I am going to have a beautiful day. I'm going to find the person who needs me and... The person who I need today, I'm going to cross paths with them. We're going to help each other. And by that, I mean, it's just whoever you work with, you know, just I kind of put out into the universe, who needs me today? Who do I need? And no matter what you're doing, doesn't matter what your job is or where you go, you'll find that you're more open to something real, to being connected with somebody who who makes you feel like whatever you're doing is worthwhile. Now, that being said, it it might sound cheesy, but like it makes a big difference when you tell yourself those things. It changes the way your mind works. And then before I go to bed to speak to Tom's thing about like not recognizing what we're doing well or our successes, I think about the things that went well, either at work or with the kids or with Tom. Like I think about whatever that is, whether it's I heard one of my stepdaughters make a joke like I would have made, you know, and that made me so happy because she's learning from me. And of course you're going to love it whenever anybody picks up your sense of humor or Tom tells me he's, I'm his best friend before bed. I'll replay him saying that in my brain and, and replay what it felt like when he kissed me, when he said that, or put his fingers in my hair, you know, whatever it is. And I tell myself that before I go to sleep. And then it helps me focus more on those things instead of on how overwhelmed we feel. And whatever it might be for you that helps you when you wake up or when you go to bed, you know, when you wake up, tell yourself it's going to be a good day before you go to bed. Force your brain to focus on what went well because there's some resistance. Brains are kind of programmed to go to the negative. No, they want to hate you. Your brain wants to attack (laughs) you. No, your your brain naturally wants to distort reality a little bit. 
I mean, if you think about it, your brain kind of assumes the worst as its first function, as its first response to something. Um, and that can be a comment made by a coworker, friend, partner, or whatever, if they, uh, I, don't, I can't even think of an example, but if they um, give you even just a compliment, your, your brain naturally just wants to pick apart that compliment as to why they said it or is there a negative connotation to it. There's not a positive response to it. Um, and, and that's what we're kind of learning is that you, you can retrain your brain not to hate you. Yeah. Not saying that your brain just naturally hates you, but I'm just, it, well, the, the brain has the power to make you happy at any time and it chooses not to because we, we kind of allow it a little bit. Well, to, it's defense mechanisms, yeah, right? Like yep. both of us have been in bad relationships before with yep. both romantic partners, but also people and people. your brain thinks it's protecting you by being defensive. That's what it is. It's like, if I focus on the negative, then... I already know what's bad so no one can hurt me when mm -hmm. they inevitably do inevitably do something bad and so but it's hard not to be defensive over over something that you might uh, first assume that it's a slight or mm -hmm. a or a or an attack um and it's not just about to me it's not just about well is that person having a bad day and everything they say is just coming off a little more bitey it's, it's not always thinking about the other person's, you know, feelings when they say it. It immediately becomes that defense mechanism, that wall. But then you're done once that wall goes up, though. Not not you in particular. I'm just saying people are done once that defense comes into play. And I think we've been working on... We And, and you admittedly have worked on it a, a lot more than I have and, have and have progressed more than I have, too. But we... I've been working on trying not to be defensive over an eye roll or a um, uh, a look on a face, a reaction, uh, or even just you know um, you know a, the other person having a bad day and 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 saying something not off color, but just saying something that hurts our feelings. We've been working on it not to go into that defense mode as much. And but part of that is the education, though, that we've been doing, though. Like, you you know, we've both been act actively researching into the psychology mm -hmm. and, and facing trauma and um, dealing with it, too, and being honest about it and talking about it and being vulnerable with each other um, about the things that, that have hurt us in the past, hurt us currently, and that what could hurt us even in the future, too. We've been talking about it more. So there's been a lot of... A lot more feelings conversation lately and less hiding our, our issues kind of brought them to the forefront a little bit, which has been hard to face too. It's been very hard to face, you know, your own monsters, if you will, you know, but, but we've done it. It's, we've seen some success. It has sucked at times. There's been days where it's really tough and um, like some fun stuff that's happened in the last six, seven, six, seven months is like my anxiety attacks are back. Well, you know? but that was for a particular right. reason. But they're back. We're not. Yeah, they're back, though. But we're also facing them and talking about them and, mm. and it's putting some ease to do some of the panic attacks, you know? Um, yeah, it's been, 
interesting seven months. But I think the, the biggest takeaway with it is, is probably recognizing those successes that we've had because we we've started something new. We've tried it. We've seen some success with it. And we got a lot of good things that are on the horizon, though, too. Yeah. And before we get into that, I want to add that when you are sometimes if you've been a single parent or you've even just on your own and then you're in a relationship <laughs> with someone, sometimes you don't know what defense mechanisms you've developed because you've just been yeah. doing it by yourself and kind of hiding from things. And something that's helped a lot when we get into arguments is reminding myself because when you get defensive, you you perceive a threat, right? This person's trying to hurt me or this person is, it's a threat, is, is reminding myself when we're in arguments that the defensive reactions that I have don't serve me anymore. Like we just had an argument earlier this week and in my head, I, I was very defensive. I was very angry. Um, and I had to sit there and tell myself, like be patient with myself, like, okay, I'm defensive because I think that by putting up a wall, I'll be able to just push him back and protect what I need to protect. But then I also thought, but it's like, does that defense mechanism actually help me right now? Is that going to help me? Sure, with success in my relationship, but also is that what my family really needs? Do my kids need this defense? Do I need this defense? And the answer is no. What we need is to learn together and to experience that closeness and harmony together and to learn how to do this life together that's that's what we actually need and so I told myself this defense mechanism is not helping you anymore put the walls down you know that he wants to help you too and it's it's okay just just focus on learning and working through it Anyway, it, it, it's all about being patient with yourself and noticing the successes because he talks about it being difficult and, you know, the arguments, but it's, it's never just arguments. It was never just, okay, we're in this horrible place. There was always really beautiful, amazing things happening over time. And something I consistently tell him is that We've done a lot of really difficult things and had a lot of emotional roller coasters, but I, I am a better person um, ever since I met him and ever since I've been learning all these things about how to be a parent to all of these kids. You know, I, I don't have the bad habits I used to have when I was single. You know, I would distract myself a lot. I would run away from my life a lot. Now I, I don't want to. I want to do this with him. I've always wanted to figure it out with him. And even in the midst of the emotional roller coasters, we always, we always connect with each other. And I always remember what I love so much about him, which is his ability to understand me and believe in me. And that's part of why I'm a better person too, is that he he believes in the things that matter to me, like like writing, reading, the things that I'm passionate about. He, I can talk to him about those things and I've been able to in the midst of all this. And so taking time to focus on what you've done well is huge and what's going well because for every difficult thing that's happened over the last six months or since this, since this has started, I could tell you about 
a thousand good things that have happened. You know, whether it's just learning how to genuinely love all the kids, even when they bug me, learning how to see them better or, you know, being more willing to take care of myself, um, sleeping better, even though sleep is still a problem. Just, you know, going outside, actually appreciating the outside. I, I mean, just, just lots of different things. And one other thing that I'll add is that the first thought and last thought are a good place to start. So for the practical things, starting with, you know, when you wake up, just telling yourself that you're going to have a good day and asking the universe or praying if you're into that to help you find your purpose in that day and the person who needs you and who you need. And then before you go to bed, remembering what you're grateful for and what went well, it, it really does set a tone. And finding the moments in whatever your life is, you know, something that he and I have done that's made a big difference is laying in bed together for 15 minutes before we start our weekdays, like waking up early enough just 15 minutes and laying in bed together before we jump into the chaos. Sometimes that leads to sex, which is great. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, yep. <laughs> sometimes it's I just, concur. <laughs> it's just <laughs> cuddling or talking or breathing, whatever it is. Mostly but, sex. Um, <laughs> it, it is, I guess, but you know what? That's great. Um, yep. That's great. Never thought I'd be a morning sex person. No, um, no, and there's no. some key factors that are missing during morning sex. Well, you gotta, you gotta worry about the morning breath. Yeah. And, yeah. But you work around that. There's kissing in other places there's though, because that happens, places. which is great. So that's kind of the takeaway of the last six months is that we've had a lot of victories alongside the difficulties. It takes a minute. Be patient with yourself yeah. to unlearn patterns you developed when you were alone that don't work in a relationship. You know, be, be patient with yourself, be patient with each other. And remember that as long as both people want to keep trying and both people are willing to learn, there is hope for figuring out whatever bullshit is thrown at you as long as both people are willing to learn. That's the key thing that I think has kept us together in all of this is that we mm. both we both want to figure ourselves out. You know, we both want to get better at it. It's also okay to, to, to feel overwhelmed, you know, and but don't hold it in express it and this is going to sound weird but express it terribly so then you can learn how to express it properly mm. i you know mm. like it, the the first time you start trying some of these things it it's not going to be pretty it's going to lead to fights it's going to lead to arguments but you know to your point about uh, wanting to work it out and wanting to better it um you, you got to take those steps and you have to take those risks and you have to be okay with you just being the asshole sometimes too. Cause, cause you are, <laughs> well, no, you are, you know, you don't, I don't ever intentionally try to be an asshole and, and, you know, to you, if I'm having a bad day or if I do whatever it might be, it could be a look, it could be a, a mood, it could be a vibe, it could be an energy that I'm putting off. It's not intentional, but it feels intentional. So I feel like we're getting better at expressing and that's what people need to do is go ahead and make mistakes. You know, 
because um, I mean I'm 43, you're 23, 24, something like that. 35. 35. Yeah, but, but thank you. I'm 35. But we have a lot to unlearn and we have a lot to unpack and now we're just in this and um, and we know that you guys are too, you know, with, with a new relationship or even an older relationship that you're, that you're in right now. It, relationships aren't easy at all. You have to worry about the other person's feelings and you have to be accept your own feelings accept your own feelings and sometimes your put feelings. your your feelings aside because your your partner's feelings need to take priority sometimes and 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 um it's not always shared sometimes you do have to set yourself aside to hear your partner out and understand why they're hurting or why they're happy or why they're you know why they had a bad day you have to set yours aside and go okay this sounds like she or he has been been through it a lot more than I have today you know and that's and to me that's okay mm-hmm. you know just don't bottle that shit in you know don't bottle that shit because we've done I've done it that I'm so guilty of and I'm still working on that but yeah it, it's not always fun and the encouraging thing though is that you know I reflect on the, you know, last six months and these things I've been trying about recognizing that a defense mechanism isn't helping me about just taking steps to take better care of myself. And they might seem small, but what I've noticed is that over time I have changed and over time it becomes easier to take those steps because I see how much healthier and happier I am now because I'm doing that. It's been hard to, man, it's hard to retrain your brain to not be defensive, but my brain is starting to recognize, oh, I feel so much better when I recognize that my husband loves me. He's just upset right now and I love him. I'm just upset and that the best thing for us to do, like he said, is to figure this out together. That's what our family needs is for us to figure it out, not to be defensive. And to, to give the plug to little habits, like changing what you listen to, like yeah. listening to Jay Shetty's On Purpose podcast, which is where all these ideas came from, by the way, of like interviews that he's done with neuroscientists, experts in their field who know what they're talking about. This whole first thought, last thought, um, little habits, all that stuff I learned just by changing from gossip radio yeah in the no stop to, listening to it, that yeah. who's cheating on who stuff and why relationships are failing because that mm-hmm. that shit gets ingrained in you mm-hmm. you know it's like murder shows like they, they've done i'm sorry we're getting way off topic and we're supposed to be wrapping this up like 30 minutes ago but mm-hmm. it's like murder shows they say that you know like there there's the strange addiction to them falling asleep to them and, and watching them at night, that, that actually warps your brain to be desensitized to just murder and, and acts of violence. And like, there's all these other things, but change what you're listening to because it, yeah, those morning gossip shows, those, you know. And you can't separate yourself from yourself. That's no, the thing. You might you think it's not affecting you, but it absolutely is. It's fucking you up. And think about it this way you're, you're being entertained by someone else's failings. You're, you're, you're being, Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're excited to hear if he cheated on her or not, you know, and not even thinking of the emotional impact of that person when they find out that, yeah, in fact, he or she was cheating on their partner and it warps you so much. It, 
you know, oh. Well, and you talk about what you listen to. So now for me, at least, instead of, you know, because we used to listen to that shit. If that's mm-hmm. not becoming clear, we did. And then we would talk about cheating. And then we both would just kind of feel, ugh. Like, and then what would I you would do find, if you cheated on me kind of thing? Yeah. Or, you know, how and would you feel? And... You get more scared that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But, or how easy it could be to, ugh. Yeah. And you, you end up feeling gross and you don't even know why. But again, since I've started listening to things like this on purpose podcast that's meant to help people, that's what I talk to him about. Now yeah. I'm talking to him about these neuroscientists I'm learning about or about celebrities where it's like, oh, I had no idea that this person struggled with addiction and I, or I had no idea that that's how this person became successful or I had no idea that I could have respect for Paris Hilton, you know, because I, I hadn't <laughs> Who before. Who <knew? laughs> but, but then you start talking, you, you see that people have layers too and you become yeah. less judgmental. I am kind of a judgmental person and I'm, I'm working on that too. So you, you start to be more open to things. So it's, it's these little habits that, that make a big difference and recognize your successes because like you I said... One. You do, and take time to notice them because it'll just slowly over time change how you think. And with that being said, with all this stuff we've been going through, we've we've had some successes uh, that were yeah yeah. So did you want to? No, did you want? Did you want to do yeah, it? What you do it? Oh yeah, I'm publishing two books. More about that coming soon. Yeah, she wrote two books in the midst of all the chaos. Okay, bye. <laughs>